You're listening to episode 7 of Curtis and Otis. Being a knight is harder than it looks. a mess, Nick. I can't disagree with you there, Nigel. Last we left our characters, Curtis Yardbird is homeless and soaked as he sleeps on a park bench in a rainstorm. Well, don't forget that if he doesn't marry Augusta, her dad will chippity-chop him up. Why? Otis is having nightmares that Augusta is about to chop up his best friend. (laughs) No, you don't. Augusta, meanwhile, visits her mum in prison and is actually thinking about marrying the Yardbird. Eh, we could always change our minds later. Our story picks up at the Playhouse Theatre, backstage in the dressing room where the actors are preparing for their fateful opening night. The very night when Augusta promised she'd tell Curtis whether she'd marry him or not. Chippy leans against the wall next to Augusta's dressing station, but she's noticeably missing. He chews on a pen while considering a notebook where he appears to be writing something. A new scene for his romantic comedy feature film, perhaps? Perhaps. Across the room, Edie watches him closely. He glances up at her feeling her eyes on him, and uncomfortably shifts away. Just as Mr. Allen enters the room, holding a clipboard. Okay, cast, here we go. Opening night. You've all done a wonderful job, blah, blah, blah. I think the world of you, etc., etc., etc. Great. Tonight, we'll have our biggest audiences, and you'll all need to be on Make Our Theater Look Good, right? Right, Mr. Allen. Good. Okay, I have some final notes here. Ah, Doug. Where's Doug? Right here, boss. Doug. Ah, make your sneezes a little more wet, okay? Huh? A little more wet. Right now it sounds dry, but make it more like... Oh, okay. I see. Like a... (gasps) Yeah, you get it good. Callie. Is Callie here? Callie looks up at him, eyes wide in terror. Oh, good God, Callie. Get some eye drops. Are you high? My contact lens is fused to my cornea, so I I can't comfortably blink. What? Who has eye drops? Anyone, someone please get this girl eye drops. During this mess, Edie makes her way toward Chippy and sets up at Augusta's makeup station. Hi. Hi. What are you writing? It's a comedy. With romance. A movie script? Yeah, sort of. Can I read it? You want to read my script? I'm an actress. I love reading scripts. Yeah, Uh, I have a full copy in the car. Great. He starts to leave, but turns back. Hey, uh... Sorry you didn't get the part you wanted. Oh, it's not your fault. It was my fault. Oh. It's just... I know what it's like to want to express yourself creatively and uh, not be able to because of outside circumstances, you know? Yeah. I know. They share a moment of kindred spirit. Hello, Edie, are you listening? Yeah, yes, Mr. Allen? Chippy breaks off, leaving to get his script. 
plant yourself, Edie. Hold your space, okay? Let everyone work around you, okay? Plant it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Good. Augusta. Where's Augusta? She's not here. Not here. 20 minutes. 20 minutes? No, Augusta. What? what? What will we do? She's not answering her phone, Mr. Allen. I already called her. What will we do? What will we do? I'll go on. No, no, Edie, no. You said I was the understudy. I only said that so you would stop pestering me. We didn't even have a single rehearsal. I can do it. This is awful. Mr. Allen, you don't have a choice. Okay. Okay. I can't watch this. I can't watch. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Break a leg, I mean. Someone help me get into Augusta's costume. It's not gonna fit unless you wear a pillow like she did. God, okay. Fine. Help me with this. Edie, brimming with confidence, dresses. She stuffs a pillow under the dress and paints on a beauty mark. Just like Augusta's. When it's all done, she stands back and smiles at her reflection in the mirror. I win. The show is just about to start, and the actors are going to their places. Hugh, Augusta's father, sits in the audience expectantly. No Augusta. No Curtis. Not so. Curtis has entered from the stage door, and he looks around for Augusta. Ooh, he stinks. He's soaked, and he looks like he's just took a roll in the mud. Rumpled and dirty, Curtis looks for Augusta, picking his way through actors. Hello. Hi. So sorry. Charlie spots him and crosses his arms. Why are you here? Ew. Someone needs a shower. And maybe some spritz. Ah. ah. Hello. Just looking for Augusta. She didn't show up. <laughs> Big surprise. No Augusta? You should get lost. Unless you're actually a real agent, which I'm really starting to doubt. Just then, Edie passes by, dressed exactly like Augusta. Curtis mistakes her. Augusta! No, sorry. I guess she had better things to do, so it's my role tonight. Yes. Yes, indeed. I... I'll get going. Curtis turns to leave. He passes Chippy at the stage door, who carries a script. The boss is in the audience. He wants a ring on the finger and a grandson in the next ten months. That's very demanding timeline. You stink. Yes, I know. Curtis leaves out the stage door looking very sad. But Chippy makes his way to Edie. Edie? She never showed up. I finally get to play my role. Aren't you happy for me? I am. I am. Here, this is my script. Thank you for trusting me. They smile at each other. Well, uh, have a good show. I'll see you after. And he dashes off. She looks down at the script. The title reads... The Princess and the Hatchet Man by Edward Chipley. Chipley? She pages through it with interest. Meanwhile, out in the parking lot, Curtis has fallen into a real slump. He talks to himself. This is it, buddy. No one likes you. You stink. Augusta's gone. Elsie won't talk to you. You're nothing but a, a dullard. 
and a sham. Within viewing distance of the stage door, he sits on a curb. One of his favourite things to do, apparently. And sadly begins to sing a pitiful song. One that once gave him hope. Oh Lord, our God, arise. Scatter our enemies and make them fall. Across the parking lot, Curtis spots a dark figure moving toward the stage door, wearing a large, bulky jacket. It's Otis! It is. He swings the stage door open and walks inside with purpose. Curtis, frowning, stands and follows. Backstage again. The play is now in motion. Otis creeps around in the dark looking for Augusta. He's got a wild look in his eye. He spots Edie standing on the other side of the wings. She's engrossed in Chippy's script. Otis spots a belly and a beauty mark. Gotcha. Otis slowly pulls a huge kitchen knife from his jacket. It glimmers. It gleams. It shimmers menacingly in the shadowy darkness backstage. Otis creeps around behind the screen to reach the other side, passing actors as he goes. Not far behind him, Curtis has re-entered the theater and is looking for his former pal. Otis? Get lost, ye fake knight. Oh my... Yes, yes, I know, I smell. Curtis pushes on. Then he spots Otis from a distance. Knife raised, eyes crazed, poised behind Edie and ready to strike. Otis, no! It's enough to distract Otis for a moment. He looks up, spotting Curtis. I got you, buddy, she's done for. Just then, Edie looks up and screams. She ducks out of the way just as Otis brings the knife down, missing her by inches. Otis, that's not her! On stage, Charlie repeats his line loudly, trying to get Edie's attention. She tumbles on stage to the audience's delight. A pair of stocks, you rogue! Women are made to bear, and so are you. You will not pay for the glasses you have burst? In the audience, Hugh squints and puts on his glasses. Is that Augusta? He can't be sure. Backstage, Curtis tries to calm Otis. Look at me, Otzi, look at me! She's gonna get you, Curtsy, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get her! With that, Otis heaves himself onto the stage, knife poised for the kill. <gasps> Desperate to prevent a terrible accident, Curtis dashes onto the stage, diving in front of Edie and crashing into Otis. No! Put the knife down, Don't Otis! Try and stop me, Curtsy. This hag has taken you for everything you've got. He's got a knife! The audience has got it backwards. They think it's part of the act. Hugh is confused. I do not understand Shakespeare. And all the while, Otis wildly thrashes with his knife as Curtis attempts to pin him down. And... In a desperate attempt to reach Edie, Otis twists his knife in just such a way that it makes contact with Curtis's thigh, piercing the fabric of his pants and the flesh of his leg. Oh, my thigh! Curtis falls back, injured, as Otis struggles to get back on his feet, his eyes still on Edie. I'll carve this hell harpy into a million pieces! That's not her, Otis! It's her! I'm gonna kill Augusta! At the sound of his daughter's name, Hugh stands in alarm. Just then, Chippy bursts from the wings, wielding two giant kitchen knives and ready to carve up some Otis. Seeing this, Otis drops and crumples into a ball on the floor in terror. 
but that doesn't stop Chippy from charging toward him, ready to make the kill. Ah! No, Chippy! She throws herself between the two men. Get him, Chippy! Edward Chipley, stop right there! It's enough to stop Chippy in his tracks. Out of my way, Edie. You're a lover, Edward. Not a killer. You don't know my true nature. Get out of my way. Yes, I do. I know you. I could feel you in the opening pages of your script. You're a tender-hearted, deeply-feeling, romance-seeking lover. You read my script? Yes. You're an artist. You paint with words. You're not a killer. At his feet, Otis trembles in terror. <laughs> Chippy lowers the knives. Give the old chop, Chippy! Do your job! My name is Edward. I'm a lover, not a killer. He drops the knives. If you won't do it, I will. He, faster than he looks, scrambles onto the stage, grabs the knives, and moves decisively toward Otis. No! Threatens my daughter! In a flash, Otis slashes toward Hugh with his knife. Hugh's knife drops to the ground, along with four of his fingers. My fingers! Boss? Edward! Otis! Curtis? Oh, this is so beyond extra. That's the guy. From the back of the theater, the accountant... Wait! Yes, Nigel! The same accountant that Chippy was beating up in episode three. From the back of the theater, the accountant points definitively at Hugh who kneels over his severed fingers. <laughs> A swarm of FBI agents converge over him. Oh, Edie, I gotta go. Take me with you, hatchet man. I will, princess. Before anyone notices, they've left together. Hugh looks up at the accountant. You're that idiot accountant! The idiot accountant flips open a badge. Special Agent Hoffman, undercover. You're in a lot of trouble, boss. The FBI agents drag Hugh out of the theater, under the watchful eye of the accountant. That is, Special Agent Hoffman. Ow! My hand! By now, most of the audience has left the theater. Most likely out by the box office requesting a refund. And Curtis and Otis are left alone on the stage, stunned and injured and stinking. I almost got her, Curtsy. It was her understudy. Where's the girl? Gone. Ow. Curtsy, I'm sorry, pal. I, I just couldn't let you make the biggest mistake of your life. I thought that was the thief. Oh, quit it, Otis. You sliced my left thigh, sliced right through it. Oh, sorry, Curtsy. You bleeding bad? Ow. Yes. <laughs> All right, buddy, come on. Let's get you stitched up. You really got me, Oates. I know, old pal, I know. I got you. Come on. Together, they hobble up the aisle. You saved my skin from that mobster fellow, though. Is that what he was? I was wondering.
Well, Curtis and Otis return to their garage and make up. Weeks go by with no sign of Augusta. Every day, Curtis sits out in the driveway in a lawn chair, his wounded legs stretched out and covered with a bandage. Today, he sits back, eyes closed, enjoying the sunshine on his face. You've got to be careful with these knives. They're sharp. Make sure you double-check what you're chopping, or you might chippity-chop your own finger. Change the channel, would you? Sure thing, Kurtz. Let's take a look at your leg. I'll start by unwrapping this bandage. Ow! It's gonna hurt a little. Ow! Quiet. Come on. Hmm. Looks like it's starting to heal nicely. Lucky I didn't have a better angle on the slice. Would have gone straight through to the bone. Sit still, I clean it now. Thanks, Otis. You're welcome, buddy. I'm real sorry about how everything turned out with the knife girl. Thanks, Otzi. Wonder where she went off to. No sense speculating. She's gone now. Otzi, I was a dummy. A real dummy and a dullard. I was a stupid stooge and a bad friend. I love you, Curtis. I love you too, Otzi. <sighs> Package came for you, Mr. Curtis. For me? How's your leg, huh? Doing better. Doing better on account of my nursing. You got a good friend there, Kurtz. Even when he cuts you, he'll still watch over the cut leg. Good friend. Yeah. Who's it from? My wallet! That's my ring. I'm taking that back. My ticket! The winning ticket! She didn't even claim it! There's a note. Don't try to hide this one now. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd never do that again. Oh, it's, I'm just teasing. It's from Augusta. What's it say? Could you ever forgive me? Absolutely not! That thieving vixen thinks she can just write you a letter and make it all okay? We ought to track her down and Oh, yeah. You're gonna get her, huh? <sighs> yeah, yeah, shut up. <laughs> hey, you know, once I cash in this ticket, we could fly back to Missouri, Curtis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose we could. Get our jobs back. If they even want us. Yeah. Fellas, look. Curtis and Otis turn and look in the direction Frenchie is pointing. There, across the street, stands Augusta, watching them. I wonder how long she's been watching you, Kurtz. Well, go talk to her and find out. Slowly, Curtis stands, using a crutch to hobble toward Augusta. Would you like some tea, French? Tea? Me? Yeah. I got some old-time biscuits, too. Oh, that sounds nice. So, you going back to Missouri, huh? Would you miss me? Well. You'd miss me, French, huh? Phooey. Yeah, you'd miss me, French. It's okay. You can admit it. it. Takes a big woman to admit when she's got butterflies. I think I'd miss you, too. Give me one of those biscuits. Of course. Coming right up. Across the street, Curtis joins up with Augusta. They both seem timid, unsure how to proceed. Hi. Hi. Oh, Augusta, allow me to apologize. I never thought I... You don't have to do that. Just be yourself. This is where you live? Uh, yep. For the time being. What happened to your leg? Oh, uh, it's a long story. Hmm. Well, would you like to tell me over coffee? 
I'm just sort of curious to know Curtis Yardbird, Renaissance Knight. Okay, yeah. Well, to start, it's harder to be a knight than most people assume. Oh, I'm sure. Aha! I knew it! I knew they was going to get together! I knew it from the start! And so goes the story of Curtis and Otis. A tale of romance and kinship. A tale of fevery and revenge. A tale... A tale with a happy ending. That is, one where all the loose ends is tied up in a nice, predictable, yet satisfactory way. Yes. Hopefully more satisfactorily and Or in less. slang terms, it's when a fella meets a girl and she uses her hand. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, for the story of Curtis and Otis. The End. You heard him. That's the end. But if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review and tell all your podcast listening friends. The story of Curtis and Otis was created by Alison Volk and recorded at Seven Even Studios in Signal Hill, California, and stars Nicholas Thurkettle, Bodie Newcomb, Colin Martin, Alison Volk, Tess Lena, Pete Uribe, Alex Pedrero, Caitlin Hugh, Paul Tighe, Christopher Glenn Cannon, Elise Murto, Noah Stratton, Shams Nelson, Ashley Covington, and Angela Matamotia. Original song, I Dare You to Steal My Heart, music by Cindy O'Connor, lyrics by Alison Volk. Special thanks to Gabe, Nate Murray, Tammy Lynn, and Ryan and Angela Flouts. <laughs>